Hey everybody, Chris Fafalius here. If you enjoy One Hit Thunder, which I'm assuming you do considering you're listening to it right now, I want to tell you about another great music podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. It's called Riffs on Riffs. On this season of Riffs on Riffs, hosts Toby Braswell and Joe Watson are breaking down one iconic pop song each week. Everything from Taylor Swift's Cruel Summer to Journey's Don't Stop Believin' to Naughty by Nature's OPP. Each week, they crack open the song, trace its history, decode those cryptic lyrics, and unearth the hidden gems in its musical DNA. Not only do they dive into the song's history, lyrics, and impact, they also go down some fun and oftentimes hilarious rabbit holes. So yeah, if you're a fan of One Hit Thunder, I think you'll also enjoy Riffs on Riffs. So go hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. This week, we're joined by Horror Movie Night co-host Kyle Kukta to discuss Orgy, an industrial new metal band that rose to fame thanks to a questionable cover of New Order's 1983 classic, Blue Monday. Was Kyle right to ask his parents for an Orgy poster for Christmas? Or did his middle school newspaper make the right call in simply referring to them as the opening band on the 1998 Family Values Tour? Stay tuned to see how we feel. Tell me now, how do I feel? one hit thunder i hear you all the time on horror movie night so we're finally meeting but i kind of wish we were meeting under different circumstances you are here to talk about orgy blue monday and i gotta ask you man why (laughs) there's only one reason okay there's only one reason and when i was reflecting upon it uh well well, first off thank you and i listen to you guys all the time well i listen to matt no matter what he's in my head in my dreams in my nightmares (laughs) me too (laughs) um but but i'm a big fan of your show and i'm very happy to be here uh and listen i i picked this song i picked this band Mm -hmm. really um because i i was it was formative for me at a time where i 
was just starting to line my bedroom walls with music posters. And I wanted a, a Godsmack one, and I wanted a Rob Zombie one. And I asked for Christmas for an orgy poster. <laughs> I put it literally in my Christmas list without understanding that orgy <laughs> had a different meaning. I just knew them strictly as the band orgy. So when I, want an orgy when I, asked, poster. My, when I asked my parents for an orgy poster, <laughs> I knew better. I linked them to the poster that I found online that I wanted, but I just imagined their faces uh, <laughs> when I asked for such a thing. Uh, and you know what? I fucking had that. They got it for me nice. for Christmas. So, Bless them. So I have a similar story to not wanting an orgy poster, but when this album came out, we'll get into it. The formation of this band doesn't make a ton of sense to me because it says that they formed in 1994, but then their first show was in 1998 after they had gotten signed, so I couldn't really figure out how that worked out. But pretty much they played a radio station event and then immediately was on the first Family, family Values tour. Yeah. So 1998, I am in sixth grade, and I'm a little music nerd. So, of course... I joined the school newspaper to do CD reviews. Yes. Now, I joined the school newspaper to primarily review DC Talk and Five Iron Frenzy releases that no one cared about. It's your evangelism. Yeah, but there was another kid who was trying to do concert reviews. So he went and he went to the Family Values Tour and he wrote a review about the Family Values Tour. And again, we're in sixth, sixth and seventh grade. We don't know what an orgy is so we were trying to figure out why the school newspaper editor the teacher in charge of everything changed his article to just refer to them as the opening band but never saying who they were throughout the entire oh, wow. article so yeah no it was definitely a, a name that meant nothing to middle schoolers that loved this band no. so much that's right <laughs> that's right and i like i you know i i sought the album out and i, I it wasn't a heavy rotation necessarily for me but, you know, because... Uh, You're, of course, referring to their album Candy Ass. Candy That ass, was in which, in, apparently yeah. inspired by a drag queen that they met. Yeah, you know, who <laughs> the fuck... I don't know. I, I don't know anything. <laughs> I just... I, I, I've, later in my life, I got that Family Values Tour VHS that came from that first. Uh, and, you know, no, I don't think there was any songs off of Candy Ass that were even on that tape. Probably so I, it's The whole band's been a disappointment from the jump for me. Um <laughs> That poster didn't I didn't deserve any rent, you know, in my fucking bedroom. Look, but you know, what are you gonna do? I know that Chris has got some mixed feelings on us doing this episode, but there is, and we'll get there. There is one part of the orgy story that is the most satisfyingly depressing thing I've ever read in my entire researching of any band. That I am so excited for us to get to. But yes, let's start in the beginning. Band formed in 1994. They were not new to music. Uh, their guitarist originally played in some 80s hair metal bands. Their drummer was in the Electric Love Hogs. And the vocalist produced Cole Chambers' debut album all before Orgy found Jonathan Davis. And he was like, you're going to be the first band I signed to this label that Reprise Records is giving me. Uh, and thus, Orgy's Candy Ass began getting recorded. <laughs> so interesting. And the Electric Love Hogs was the band with John Feldman from Goldfinger. Yes. <laughs> and which I've, I've never heard the band, but so basically Jonathan Davis rounded up a bunch of ringers, guys who played <laughs> in other bands and formed yeah. a band. And you know what? This band sounds exactly like that. 
<laughs> yeah. So well, if if this band was supposedly formed in '94, but it took this long, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of like you know they had other pro- they were in the studio for other musicians or they were right. producing other shit that they could not. They were technically a band ready to make something, but it took them four years. Look, and one thing that I learned very quickly while reading up on like this, that. one thing I learned very quickly reading up on this band was only one member of the band was really invested. In the band. By the right. second album, they were all doing different side projects. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding, dude. It is it is a real one-and-done band, <laughs> it feels like. And I understand that there may be questions of its authenticity to belong here on, on One Hit Thunder, which, which I understand. No, no, so, it's Chris, legit. Chris, get... It's legit. So, Chris, what the fuck's your yeah, problem? No, no. <laughs> I think it's legit for us to be covering this. I guess I, my joke about like why at the beginning was just more like, ah, oh, this is bad. Like yeah. so, yeah. this is gonna be the biggest compliment I'm gonna give the band Orgy. Not to spoil the blunder thunder portion of the show. Yeah, Orgy's a bad band. I actually don't think that this is a bad cover but, of the song. Ah, ah, can I argue with you about that? Well, so I want to. I want to. I want to read something because there is the biggest piece of irony I've read today. So. Here's what I'll say about the song. According to the band, for starters, they said that they really wanted to do the original Blue Monday justice, and they expected that they would get a lot more criticism than they actually did. They went on to say that they felt lucky to have covered it, and that felt like it could have that it felt like something that they would have written. And a lot of critics agreed with them. One person who very vocally disagreed with them was Buck Cherry's Josh Todd, <laughs> who in a Spin Magazine interview said. All this song sounds like is a mechanical Nine Inch Nails ripoff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and that's what gravi- that's what gravitated me towards the band <laughs> anyway. Yeah. That's all I wanted. Um, okay, this band is the most boring uh, version of Nine Inch Nails possible. That's my problem with them. It's just so boring. I listen to the whole. It is mind-numbingly boring as this cover is dude the original is badass the original of this song is so good it's so futuristic and what's crazy about it is i was trying to find the right way to put this to to express my feelings about this song what i said that you know when you cover a song you put your own spin on it or you do a cooler version you try your best to make the song even better you certainly don't do a worse version of the song. But I couldn't really explain at first why this was worse. But then, but then, I saw a quote from Ed Simons of the Chemical Brothers, who had teamed up in the 90s with Bernard Sumner from New Order on the song Out of Control. And here is what Ed from the Chemical Brothers said about it in this completely summed up exactly what I was having a hard time finding the words to say. He said, what is that? Blue Monday is one of the most futuristic records ever, and it still sounds like that. It seems to be a record that doesn't need covering, especially because I've heard the remake and it didn't need covering by that band. Atrocious. (laughs) And I couldn't agree more because, dude, that's the original New Order song is from 1983 and it still sounds great and what is so cool about it is well what's cool about the vocal delivery in it is that it's almost like a monotone robotic moody delivery of the vocal 
And what's cool about it is that it doesn't go to that place where Orgy takes it. That's very unnecessary. It doesn't need to come up there. Some songs need that. They need those peaks and valleys. This song did not need this. This song was a mood. And Orgy is not a mood. Orgy is a radio (laughs) rock, like generic version of Marilyn Manson. That's I, I think that's the Nine that Inch Nails is valid. not yeah, Nine Inch Nails is not the appropriate comparison. They are they are drinking from the goblet that is Marilyn Manson. One hundred percent in every element of this song. And look, I I owned Candy Ass and I think even at the time that I bought Candy Ass, I was like, I don't know about this. <laughs> which which for for a seventh grader is pretty prescient because a seventh grader loves fucking anything that you put in front of them. No doubt, no <laughs> but, doubt. You, you try, you're trying to find your way, so you love everything yeah. or vehemently hate a couple things. Yeah, like but, you've chosen a couple things to really hate, but you love everything else, and then it just sort of sifts through. Candy ass fell through pretty quickly on my end. Uh, as soon as that poster came in, it was all downhill from there. Um, but which I, some, you know what? I put up on my Etsy store, and somebody bought it like within two weeks. Nice. So some other, some other fifth, sixth grader is very happy. To own an orgy poster. Is that still still how that works? Is it cool? Is orgy cool? It's cool to have an orgy poster, I'm sure. Well, actually, no, it's very much not cool to be an orgy fan because I'm going to get to the fact that I was talking about. So the band released albums until 2005, and then they went on a seven-year hiatus. This was due to all of the other members having multiple side projects. Did anybody Um, have a side project that was worth noting? Nope. (laughs) Um, Eventually, the only remaining member was the lead singer, Jay Gordon, and he decided to reform the band under a new name. In 2013, <laughs> they launched an Indiegogo campaign to record a brand new album. And they set their goal at $100,000 to record their next feature-length album. And the campaign ended with them raising $8,739, <laughs> falling 92% shy <laughs> of their original asking goal. That's... How many people fell off after they bought Candy Ass in 1998? Holy shit. I got to say, I feel I am talking mad shit right now. But I came into this with an open mind. I didn't know much about Orgy. I knew they had that song Stitches. And yes, that mm-hmm. was like their minor follow-up that didn't cross over out of and the rock radio. That was definitely in a movie that we watched for Horror Movie Night, too. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. almost positive. I can't remember which one, but I'm positive <laughs> it was. And it's like... And I think I chose it. It's like the visuals in the music videos are like almost cool. <laughs> like, right. it's like almost there, but it's like, it's like the band themselves. It's like everything about the music video is cool, except the band themselves look like kids getting dressed up for a school talent show to do like to look like a rock band or something it's very Mm -hmm. strange i came into this with an open mind thinking not knowing much about orgy and thinking that maybe they were more in the world of the killers than they were new metal and they are they are not they are way more in the world of new metal well then there's other bands that i realized that i ended up liking as i grew up that I don't think I don't necessarily think that they have their roots in Orgy by any means, but like a band like The Faint, which is a little a great band, a little dancier, uh, but still like sort of that industrious dance and glam in some ways, and it's like I want that, like that's the that's actually the thing I want that Orgy was not giving me. Orgy was when you said radio rock, it's like that's for sure it. Like that is, it's as industrial as radio rock can get while still 
being shitty. <laughs> and like I listened to the album again for the for for this, and I mean the first two songs i'm like reminiscent and like mm-hmm. nostalgic for i'm like yes like but then i realized i must have only listened to those two songs <laughs> blue monday and i think a song called gender which is somewhere in the middle mm-hmm. um and like the rest of it i had no recollection of so clearly i talked a big game if anybody's listened to horror movie night they know that that is my fucking mo it was talking a big game from maybe nine years old to 15 <laughs> um so orgy was uh, a kyle, victim of that p- i was a victim of orgy i don't know <laughs> yeah kyle i want to point out that gender is the track right after blue monday so i feel like you listened to the first two tracks and then you walked away while Blue Monday was playing a couple times and Gender started playing. Mm, and gender you're like, I remember playing. this song. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, and they're really, you're, they're not great tracks. They're not. Stitches <laughs> is fine. But I loved Blue Monday, man. I loved it. It just fit everything but, that I wanted but at I get that what time Chris, in my life. <laughs> look, I get what Chris is saying, though, at the same time, because, like, this is, you could do a worse cover of Blue Monday, for mm-hmm. sure. But I don't think... Like, Blue Monday, the song itself, is such a good song that, like, yes, obviously, if your first experience hearing that song is this version of it, that you're going to be like, fuck yeah, this song's great, because it's a great song that they're working off of to begin yeah. with. But well, then eventually, you do go and listen to the original version, and you're like, oh, this is better. Yes! Like, this is dude. so much better. And also, yeah. it was futuristic in 1983. It sounded so great in 1983 that, like... <laughs> That was only 14 years prior to that, and the song still sounded great. Like, sonically, yeah. it still sounded great. And them picking the, the getting all like, you know, yelling, the how does it feel? You're missing the point. The point. You're missing yeah. the mood of the song. And that, that's what drives me crazy about this is. Yeah. Um, well, I, I can categorically tell you that my fandom of Orgy's version of Blue Monday was very short lived because this song came out. This was the first time I'd ever heard this song, the, mm-hmm. the song Blue Monday. And I was like, oh, I'm not really into industrial that much, but I, this is, I'm kind of digging this. And then, like, probably a month later, the wedding singer came out and I bought the wedding singer soundtrack that has the new order version of blue Monday on it. And I was like, Oh, this is an astronomically better (laughs) version of Mm -hmm. this song. And then I did not really think about the orgy song again, outside of like when I'm watching something like not another team movie and it shows up on like the football scene in that movie or like, you know, like the, the song would pop up in things and be like, Oh yeah, that's right. That was a band. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. 
New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. I feel like we're starting to get mean. Okay, and, <laughs> and I'll talk about gender again. I mean, these Look. people—they they, they might be nice <laughs> people, but I really gave it a solid shot. I watched a live. Yeah. One of the first things when you, I, I looked up live, there's a whole concert. It's from like the time of, that they were they were hitting hard, and it was just so it was so annoying, and the songs were so boring. It was like they came out, they had this light box behind them maybe it said orgy and they came out and they had you know looking all wild you know look looking like they look and the bass player like they came out and the crowd's cheering and he like had his bass like he's holding it so it's standing straight out and he's just like staring at the crowd and i'm like okay well maybe this is their thing they're trying to be like corn i can imagine corn doing that well corn signed them that's right. i mean yeah, that's I the, the but, starting point but, there yeah but then it's like okay well maybe they're like they are a mood. Maybe they're moody. And then the then the singer comes out and he's like, "Make some fucking noise, everybody!" I'm like, Jesus, would you pick a lane? What are <laughs> what are you guys? What is your style? Right. What is? Right. I didn't even understand their like look. Like if you were yeah. going for like a Marilyn Manson thing, you didn't go far enough. You just like put on a little bit of makeup and spiked your hair like, and and dressed like you went to Hot Topic. Hot Topic probably didn't exist yet. But No, Hot is, Topic existed. Hot to- as a kid in the nine in 1998, okay. Hot Topic definitely existed. All right. All right. Well, they look they look like Hot Topic in the 90s. You're absolutely right though about their look because when I sat down to watch the video for Blue Monday, I definitely remember in my brain I'm like these guys looked like Static X and like Power Man 5000 or Mudvayne where it was like tons of makeup. Like, and then I'm like, this is like some eyeliner and like a little bit of, of some like baby powder <laughs> thrown on their face to make them look a little paler. Like it wasn't what my memory was. I definitely remembered them looking way more extreme than they actually were. Yeah. And I a don't, million percent. I don't get what, this isn't just on orgy. This is on. There was a lot of bands at this time where, like, it would be this weird metal, but like with a very monotone, droney singing style over top of it. Like, it, mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain what I'm talking about, but like this same year, a, a movie that I liked at the time, I can't promise that it was a good album, um, but, uh, or a good movie, but Dead Man on Campus came out. Have either mm-hmm. of you ever seen Dead Man on Campus with no, uh, actually, Zach Morris? Just, no, but I just <laughs> looked at a list of movies that I want to watch, and Dead Man on Campus is on there. So, very sh- long story short, the the concept of Dead Man on Campus it was one of the first MTV movies. It's about two guys who party too hard their freshman year of college, realize that they're about to flunk out, and find out that their school has a rule where if your roommate commits suicide, the school will give you straight A's for that semester. Uh, and since it's a three-person room, they decide to move their current roommate, Jason Siegel, out of their room and try to find the most depressed kid on campus to move in 
and try to push him to kill himself so that they can get their A's. It's a horrifically outdated, not aged well movie whatsoever. <laughs> but one of the kids no. they they bring in is this depressed industrial new metal musician who sings exactly like this. And like the song that he's playing is a song called Sperm. And I swear it was like, they were like, we got to do an orgy parody. Like right. it sounds so Got much it. like orgies blue Monday. This last one is called sperm. There's no way that they weren't directly parodying Orgy's cover of Blue Monday with right. the sound that they gave this band. Well, that's what I think. It's just such a oh, – this goes along with what we're all saying. It's just such a of-its-time flash-in-the-pan scenario, right? Yeah. Like, it's just it, – and that's why, that's why to me it's like it doesn't surprise me that it only charted at that, like, time. But it also doesn't surprise me that it's a song that – we all remember and can talk about in some capacity because like it's stuck and it was played in all the right places for us to know about it or remember it or to have it jog let's, our memory. Let's take a it's second so... to look at what was happening on the top 10 when this thing was peaking at 56. Please. So this thing peaked at 56 on April 24th, 1999. My birthday, my um, 19th birthday. <laughs> there you go. So oh, on your shit. 19th birthday, here's some of the songs that were in the top 10. For you. Yeah. Number 10, Goo Goo Dolls Slide. Uh, number right. nine, past song that we discussed on the podcast, Say La Vie by Bewitched. Uh, number eight, Angel of Mine by Monica. Uh, number five, another song we've talked about on this show, Kiss Me by Sixpence None the Richer. Mm -hmm. And I genuinely like these top three, actually. Number three was Sugar Ray's Every Morning. Number yeah. two was Cher's Believe. And number awesome one brain. was TLC's No Scrubs. <laughs> and wow. like, I could see why why Orgy's weird, like, we're kind of like what Cher's doing, but rock. <laughs> sound like, <laughs> well, <laughs> like, yeah. This style, man, it sounds manufactured. Yeah. It's boring. It's emotionless. There's no, I don't. How does it feel, Chris? It, this is how it feels, is there were, there were people doing the industrial music of the 90s, Nine Inch Nails being at the pinnacle of that, and even Marilyn Manson to a certain extent. Marilyn Manson not being anywhere near as, nine inch, near as good as Nine Inch Nails, but mm -hmm. at least with Marilyn Manson, it was interesting. It was theatrical. It was whatever. Yeah. And of course, we're putting aside him being a huge piece of shit in recent, Correct. you know, yeah. the, the revelations in recent years. But I, like, it's the same thing you could say about any style of music. Why make, if you're going to make music, why make something that's so lesser of that mm -hmm. style? Why not strive? And I say that, and the song was a hit. It was a cover, but. It was a hit, so maybe this is me, <laughs> a guy with no hits, saying that, you know, why don't they do this? But it's just the, all those those radio rock bands you were saying, man, they're so freaking boring. That's yeah, my problem. Maybe it's a style I don't like. You know, it's fine if it's a style I'm not into, but, you know, I'm not necessarily into metal, but I can hear Dillinger Escape Plan and be like, that's badass. That's really cool. Right. Like, that's no, interesting, no, a, you know? It's certainly, a, it's, it's, it's style aside, it's objectively stale. Like, no. or, yeah. or, or, or emotion, or like, you know, manufactured is a great, yes. is a great term for it. And it's yeah. like, I think that, 
you know, in industrial music or even any sort of electronic forward music could fall into that really easily. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, so then, so then, then don't, <laughs> then well, don't do that. Like be, be a nine inch nails or be yeah. a uh, Aphex twin or like be a, be something that offers something to it. And, and, and orgy was, was even, not that uh, even <laughs> long term. With even within its own genre, which like it feels so safe. You know what I mean? Like even the name Candy Ass sounds like a thirty-year-old trying to be edgy to a teenager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's not right. like when you're listening to this. Like I guess this is the thing that I had to think about. Is like they're on the Family Values tour at the time that this song comes out, and like regardless of your opinions of any of these artists, Incubus, Remstein, Ice Cube, Limp Bizkit, and Corn, and like right. I would argue that. All of those artists, whether you like them or not, have a a sound that will grab you. Like this is Limp Bizkit three dollar bill, y'all era, where it's like, yeah. oh, this doesn't sound like anything I've heard before. This is Corn just about to put out Follow the Leader, where it's like, this doesn't sound like anything I've heard before. This is Remstein, where you're like, what the fuck is this? And then <laughs> Orgy comes out on stage as the opening band. <laughs> it's, Matt. it's kicking off the show, and you're like, revisionist oh. history. <laughs> But then I also think about what was coming out that same year. Like, I don't like Power Man 5000 or Static X, but this is also the same year as Rob Zombie's Hellbilly Deluxe. Like, this feels so Mm -hmm. tame compared to those other bands. And then a year later, you're having Mudvayne put out Dig. And, like, I don't know how to feel about that song, but I remember the second I heard that song and saw that video, it was burned into my brain because it was so out there. Like right. this, I think Chris, you're right. This just everything about this album really does feel like an album put together by a committee that was like, if corn's for the high schoolers, we got to make a band that's like the middle school version to get kids yeah. into Family Values tour to like listen to these other bands. Bro, works for me. <laughs> <laughs> works yeah. for me. Do you guys have a favorite one hit wonder that is a cover? Do you guys have a favorite? Oh, that's a. Good question. I, I've seen. I remember I mean, this conversation happening in the Facebook group. Tor- uh, Torn was one, point, right? Was Torn one? Torn was technically a cover, but I feel like that. I think that's different than this because Torn was like her covering a song that wasn't really famous. I feel like this is way more comparable to like Save Ferris doing "Come On Eileen," where it was already a super established mm-hmm. song. I would say. I mean, I'm putting I, you on the spot. No, no, no. But, but I push back sometimes on this band being a one-hit wonder, even though they probably, by every stretch of the imagination, are. I think Alien Ant Farm's cover of S- Smooth Criminal was really yeah. good. I, it it did something interesting with with a song, whereas like I think that Blue Monday Orgy is very comparable to Save Ferris's Come On Eileen, where it's like they really didn't do that much to change up the original construction of the song to begin with. They just kind of played it their style. So like for Save Ferris, it was like, we added some horns, but like otherwise that song is pretty much a spot on cover just with horns and a female vocalist. And this is just like a slightly more angry version, but like they're not like doing it much faster than the original one. They're just putting... It's, just it's hard inferior, to explain. It's just an inferior version to the original. That's my problem. It's a copy here. of a copy, is almost yeah. in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, New Order is amazing. 
Yeah. New Order's great. They're so there's, awesome. Like, I, true, and, and there's some great songs that people like. True Faith. I think True Faith by awesome New Order song. is such a great song. Awesome song. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm going to say something. Yeah, I'm going to say something a little blasphemous, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase a friend of mine who once told me. Uh, I don't know the difference between apes, monkeys, and gorillas. And at this point, I don't want to know. Um, so I'm going to say the same thing. I don't know the difference between New Order, Joy Division, the Smiths. And at this point, I don't know if I want to know. Well, and I know that's blasphemous. Well, that, it, um, th- there's very, well, first of all, New Order came from the ashes of um, Joy Division. Joy Division. Yeah. Okay. After Ian's suicide, they went on to form okay. New Order. So there is okay. a crossover there. The the Smiths are a lot less electronic. I mean, they did have okay. little elements, especially in their best song, but um, they were more yeah. of like a rock band. Yeah, good. And I did. And I did, the the fact of the matter is, I do actually want to know. I just I, I hate to <laughs> yeah. I hate to admit that I don't know a thing. So continue uh, telling me about the uh, about New Order's greatness. Well, uh, they were just because I don't know shit. They're just they're elect very electronic forward band like they're mm. very they're very 80s they are like one yeah. of the quintessential sound of the 80s bands i think they're cool, cool. They're, they're unique they're original whether people are going to like them i mean his vocal delivery is an acquired taste on some of those songs but i like it i think it's interesting and yeah. um i think they're a great i band. mean Dev, if you haven't heard the original check that out i mean of their big singles like i said true faith is a really great song bizarre love triangle is like just a masterpiece of a song and then there's a ton of deep cuts i'm looking at i you know i do know ceremony and temptation and okay so i know a little bit more than i think i realize but i just they were never formative for me you know what i mean so it's like i just never i never had their my my, their my legitimate fandom of new order came from constantly loving songs and then finding out they were covers of new order songs yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like repeatedly I think that's new temptation <laughs> yeah 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 it's yeah, like yeah. oh okay that's that was a really good cover i guess i'll check out the original and then being like yep oh, okay this is better this is better. <laughs> this is the better version of that <laughs> <laughs> you know uh Kyle you brought up a good comparison early the earlier the faint is such a band that i feel like is in the same lane using those I don't know if you call the faint industrial, but they're definitely on the borderline of it. And mm-hmm. they're so interesting. Yeah. It just feels like art. And this feels like major label. Cor- commerce. Corporate. Truly. It, art versus commerce. It feels cor- yeah. It feels like corporate as hell. Hey, the only thing I can say is that maybe these guys, <laughs> this, is, this is the best thing I can say about orgy. Maybe these guys are nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all we can that's hope all, for. That's all. Look, and very, maybe they don't deserve I very this. quickly realized in the recording of this that I will not be tagging their... Uh, yeah, please don't. <laughs> their social don't. media handles on this don't. one. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't. Yeah, don't do that. hard pass. You know, but, well, the thing is, is that, like if there's only the one guy left... Like, and everybody went on to do other projects. Everybody was already doing other projects before Orgy. Orgy's just another... Just another thing, right? I'm going to try to think of some other positive things to say about Orgy. How about this? They all seem like they play their instruments adequately. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or else they wouldn't be in Orgy. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, uh, you know. Singers seems to sing um, on key, on pitch. You know, when I think of Blue Monday, I think of the Orgy version oh, first. Oh, okay. All and right. that's... Um, that's not helpful. Yeah, that, I mean <laughs> that's not nice, it's, but it's it's legitimate. They got ten bucks from my dad once. There you go for a poster. <laughs> <laughs> their their music videos look pretty cool. 
Yeah. That's Stitches was sick. Stitches looks <laughs> that video looks really great minus the way the band looks in it. I mean, do we have to ask the question? I feel like we kind of know what we're all going to say. I mean, the- I'm going to say thunder. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say that it's like you don't even need to say it because it's just a it's might be the first sort of where it's just a fact. <laughs> no, it's, it, it admittedly like uh, personally in my heart I have a soft spot for it, but objectively and just clearly as we've been talking about it, it might you know where I stand too. It's just not it. It ain't it. It ain't it. Kyle, real quick, mm-hmm. and this is going to come out the last week of September. Uh, you've got a short film that's like just showing up on all different types of film festivals. Anything that the One Hit Thunder listeners uh, should know about? Any shows coming in October, or November? It's a good uh, spooky yeah. Christmas Halloween combo there. Yeah, yeah, I did a short called The Woodsman, um, which is a short about a Christmas tree salesperson trying to sell his last trees from his lot on Christmas Eve. And as the night goes on, he becomes more and more anxious and drunk. And it's just a really, it's a debacle for him. And it's it's very sort of like Tales from the Crypty on uh, like less than $5,000 budget. But we are screening a bunch of places in October. We're at the Charlotte Film Festival in Charlotte, North Carolina. We are going to be at the Hex After Dark Film Festival in Calgary, Knoxville Horror Fest in Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, Sin City Horror Fest in Vegas. Uh, if you just go to kylecookta.com, you'll find all the, um, the dates. Um, and then I won't I won't shut up about it on Instagram. So if you follow me on Instagram at KR Cookto, you'll you'll see it all. It's 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 fairly obnoxious, but also it's very exciting for me. So you'll just have to deal until the festival runs over. Congratulations, man. That's badass. Thanks, dude. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. It's been cool to hear people uh, dig on it because uh, it, it could have been could have just been another thing uh yeah. but we did it and people dig it so that's awesome nice. and uh listeners if you're enjoying this chat with kyle go over to patreon.com backslash oht podcast because i don't know maybe kyle can give chris some uh, good october halloween recommend movie oh, recommendations. i love that idea and kyle <laughs> as a horror movie night listener what are you drinking over there <laughs> <laughs> so i did actually have i a, a listener of horror movie night gifted me a blue raspberry me wow but uh wow. as we are recording this, this is the first of three things i'm gonna record tonight and i could not crack open the me oh, okay. as it is very it is very heavy gotcha. um but that is what i would have paired with this and i was really contemplating it. <laughs> so I will just say that that is what I'm drinking and not okay. tell you what I'm actually okay, drinking, cool. which has zero blue Monday in it or zero orgy, zero candy ass gotcha. at all. <laughs> you could have drank a Pabst Blue Ribbon. That would have worked. <laughs> you know I would have loved to, too. <laughs> This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Fafalios of the band's Punchline Pack and Another Cheetah and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing the Punchline song Let It Rise off their album Thrilled. Visit punchline.com for merch, tour dates, and upcoming news. Also, we're on Patreon. Become a patron and get bonus content, early episodes, and a chance to vote on future episodes at patreon.com backslash OHT podcast. Do you want to start a podcast? 
then contact Chris and myself at weknowpodcasting.com for how we can make your show sound as professional as possible. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. And tune in next week for more One Hit Thunder. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenged Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks With Johnny, streaming everywhere now.